Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Welcome to this week's Smallest Cast Podcast. This podcast is designed for small government contractors, service providers, and manufacturers, part of the government contractor ecosystem, connecting people, organizations, and resources. I'm your host, Just Nate, and this week we are going to uh, continue with our mini-series. Uh, we've got uh, Greg back again. Welcome, Greg. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we're in the same shirt, dude. That's kind of weird. So are you. Oh, dang. Okay. Um, and we have Mr. Hark Harold, uh, the professional EOS implementer of EOS Worldwide. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Okay, so we started our journey like weeks ago. We started with um, everything about EOS kind of as a whole, and then we've kind of now decided let's do some mini series, um, or in the word of podcasting, just more episodes. And uh, let's dive deeper. So uh, last week we were working on the vision of the US model. Um, the US model has six key components and uh, vision is the very first. We walked through that. We walked through the VTO, um, which is a two page, um, help me out here. It's a strategic plan. Okay, two page, two -page strategic plan. Um, and today I think we're gonna move on to people, personnel. Right? Correct. Excellent. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, start there then. All right. Yeah. So again, the six key components are vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction, which is about execution. Uh, the vision we went through last week, and really that's answering those eight key questions. What are your core values, your core focus, your 10-year target, your marketing strategy, three-year picture, one-year plan, 90-day rocks, and then your issues. And so every great organization needs a great vision, and that needs to not just be by the leadership team, but it needs to be shared throughout the entire organization. So answering those eight questions, getting it shared by all, that's 100% strong in the vision component. Great. He did that without notes. <laughs> I think he said this. He's talked this before. He might have, just once, once or twice. twice. Yeah. <laughs> so people, which is the second key component, because so, you can't have a great organization without great people. And we cut through all of the stuff like top quartile, A-listers, and we really figure out who are the great people for your organization. Because in truth, the great people for one organization are not the right people for another organization. That's, that's not it right or wrong. Correct. It just is. So we go through uh, exercises to make sure we identify the right people for your organization. So 
people is right people, right seats. Jim Collins, good to great, right? Get the right people on the bus, get them in the right seats. And so we define right people as those who match your core values. So your core values, do they exhibit those core values? That is who are the right people for your organization. And those core values were found out in one of the eight questions of last week. Correct. Okay. Yes. And we make sure when you're, and that you use those core values to hire, fire, reward, and recognize your people because that's who defines right people. So we have a tool called the People Analyzer, which is, you know, like a matrix. Uh, you have the core values across the top, and then you have the employees' names along the side. And what we do is we then rate the employees that we, their supervisor, right, rates the employees on whether they exhibit those core values most of the time, some of the time, or rarely. And so you, if they exhibit those core values most of the time, they get a plus. If it's some of the time, it's a plus minus. And if it's rarely, then it's a minus. And so what that does is it makes it clear in black and white, and it makes it easier to have those conversations because you can say this is when you did or did not exhibit these core values. Okay. And, uh, and then we do that for all the employees, and then we set a bar. The, again, the leadership team sets what is the bar. Typically, if they have five core values, our recommendation is no more than two plus minuses and no minuses. So do you find that there, there are issues when supervisors are doing this rating where they go, well, I don't, I want to be a nice guy. I don't want to, you know, really call spade a spade kind of thing. Yeah. It, and again, it all comes back to being open and honest with throughout the organization. So yes, it's not necessarily easy to do that, but that is your job, right? Uh, and we talk about LMA, which is leadership management and accountability. So if anybody who supervises anybody else, their first role and responsibility, and we're going to get to that, is LMA. So if they're not holding their people accountable, that's an issue. Okay. So, yes, we're still <laughs> dealing with people. Exactly. So, uh, so uh, right people, and you use that to repel people you don't want in your organization and attract more of those you do want. Um, then, so that's right people. Now, we define right seats. Uh, a little differently than some other organizations. So first is we start with a structure first, people second approach. So we don't say, hey, Nate is here in this job. Okay, let's make sure that's a seat. We look at what is the right structure for the organization. And we start with the premise that in any organization, there are three major functions. There's a marketing and sales function that lets people know you exist. There's an ops function that produces the service or product, and there's a finance function which takes the money in. So your lemonade stand, you have somebody who made the sign, somebody who's taking the money and, and taking the money in, somebody who's producing the lemonade, and somebody who's putting money in the till and buying supplies, right? And then with those three major functions, then we also say there's an integrator function, which is responsible for keeping the trains running on time, orchestrating, integrating across and just making the company run. And then a visionary function. The visionary function is the one who knows where the industry trends are going. They're great with the big clients. They're the face of the company at the conferences, right? But they may not be really good at dealing with the details. And 
they may get distracted by shiny objects. Right? Whoa. <laughs> That's why my car says cheap visionary. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, those two have to function in tandem, the, the visionary and the integrator. And then we customize it from there uh, because sometimes sales and marketing split into two different functions depending on the organization. Sometimes there's multiple operations functions. Where would you put business development? Would you put that under sales? So that could be sales or marketing, depending on how they look at it. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, finance may split into HR and IT, kind of some of the back office stuff, right? So it just kind of depends on the organization. We say that the average leadership teams are three to seven people, but there are some that are like nine people. Uh, you know, there's some that are two, because there's two people in the company. Uh, is there so. is there something that works better for EOS model? Um, the, like, is it C-suite that works best, or is it CEO and then president, vice president, that type of structure? So it it depends on the organization, and actually that's a that's a great lead-in. Thank you. So we we help the organization to develop an accountability chart, okay. not an org chart. Okay. So and I, and I brought a sample here for for these guys, right? So. So this is your accountability chart. And what we do is we list the major functions and then what are the five roles or responsibilities for that function? Um, and that's what they're accountable for because an org chart shows duty titles and hierarchy, but I don't care if you're the chief marketing officer, the senior VP of marketing, the marketing director, I don't care. What I care is what are you accountable for to the organization? So, so we, fun, we, we stress an accountability chart as opposed to an org chart. So you don't care the names within the org chart. Exactly. It's really what, what is your duties within, our, within right. that organization. What are you accountable for to the organization? Okay. And so we, we, the leadership team, again, they develop the accountability chart. We work together as a leadership team to develop it at that leadership team level. And then they, uh, the leadership team then takes that and fills that out the, for the rest of the functions underneath them, and we get back together and review that. And that's another thing that is always there as a tool. So when you're looking at your issues, you go back to who's accountable for that. And if they're not holding their people accountable, then that's part of a failure on their part. Right. So, so we really focus on the accountability, not the duty title or position title. So you do get to be the chief happy, happy, joy, joy officer? Whatever I want. There you go. Yeah. As long as I do my job. Yeah. So, so once we have these accountabilities outlined and we have the right people, now we look and put names in the accountability chart. So we look at what are those roles and responsibilities and we use the terms GWC for filling the seats. Do they get it? Do they have the innate ability? Do they get it? Right? Yeah. Do they want it? Because now we filled out what the accountabilities are. Sometimes people are like, whoa, I didn't know that's I'm not signing not up me. for that. Right. <laughs> right. And do they have the capacity to do it? Not from a time capacity, but from like a training, uh, you know, if there's a all, all physical capacity, requirement, yeah. right? Um, and because we, we deal with time separately. So do they GWC the role? Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capability? And if you look back at the people analyzer, you can see that it actually has the GWC, so you can mark it, and these are yes or no's, and you have to have a yes for get it, you have to have a yes for want it. If you have a no for capacity and it's just like you need training, right? That's something we can adjust. 
but you can't just have a note keep showing up there quarter after quarter after quarter. Otherwise, yeah. you have an issue. Well, you don't have the right person. Right Got to make progress. Yeah. So, so when you do this, two things become crystal clear. One is the uh, there are two challenges. One is you have the right person. You love them. They're part of your culture. They they fit it like a glove. They're great. You love working with them, have them around, but they're in the wrong seat. They don't GWC it. So in your hundred person organization from last time, right? That's maybe there's another seat where they can truly excel, yeah. right? But in an organization, be it for-profit or non-profit, you can't just keep people around because you like them. So you, you need yeah, to make business, a tough right? call, right? And then the other issue you're gonna have is when you have a wrong person in the right seat, they're hitting all their numbers, they're nailing the, their sales numbers or whatever they are, but they're eating away at the culture. Yep. And they're, they're just you know, we digging. Used to, we used to call that a cancer. Yeah. You get one cancer in there, it spreads, and it can destroy an entire team very quickly. Yeah, so, so even if they're hitting their numbers, again, we plea with you, make the right call for the organization yep. and get if, rid of them. Uh, doesn't matter how much the customer likes that person, if they can't work well with others and, and you start dropping the rest of the team because of that one person, that's not a good thing. Yeah. I've been there, done that. They've got to have good kindergarten skills. They do. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, 100% with the right people in the right seats throughout the organization. So that's 100% strong in the people component. And we talked about how that plays into the vision with the core values and making sure you've identified who's accountable for what. And that helps with the vision too, right? Because when you list those accountabilities, people know what they are responsible and accountable to the organization for and how that plays into the bigger vision so they can see it. Now on the account accountability chart, do you guys look at, do you, when you sit down with, so this, I'm assuming this is another session or part it's of one part, of the part of one of the sessions, yeah. Do, the, do you do the accountability chart for every person within the company or is this just leadership team? So I work with the leadership team to do their initial accountability chart at the leadership team level during that first focus day. Okay. And then their homework is to go and fill it out the rest of the way and bring that back that 30 days later for the first vision building day and we're gonna review it. And that's for the all the way down to the lowest level person on in the company. Yeah, depending on how big the organization is. Sure, right. Sure, so sure. if if it's feasible, right? Sometimes people probably not. Sometimes so. it takes a while to get there. But yeah, we want them to at least have it down two, three, four levels so that we can have that conversation. Because what that does then is it also enables us to identify uh, right people, right seat issues, RPRS. And so we'll identify an issue. And so we may not, the leadership team may decide not to deal with that right now. Like we know that's an issue, but we got other things right now. And so, okay, we're gonna deal with these three issues first, these three people issues, right? People, sure. right seats. And so, but again, this is getting it on that issues list and so that it's there and it's known. And when we do the issues list, we don't put the individual's names on it, just in case you're <laughs> curious. <laughs> We, we Not just, on that list anyway, but I'm right. on a list someplace. Oh, there's a list. There's we, have a, a list. we have that other list, uh, but we'll just identify like, hey, we have 12 RPRS issues, right? People, right seat. And we just know we need to be dealing with those if we're truly going to excel as an organization. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's use, you know, not full names. You can use acronyms. You know, Greg G. Or something <laughs> like that, so we don't have to, you know. Who are you talking about? Protect him. But uh, hey, uh, before we move on, let's go to a quick break. 
and we come back, uh, we'll hear the rest about people. Business owners, looking for out-of-the-box solutions? Five Star Bank's Business Solutions Group is here to help you with all your financing needs. When you need a creative, innovative approach that goes beyond traditional solutions, think of Five Star Bank. We care about the growth of our local business community. With offices in Colorado Springs, Denver, and Trinidad, Five Star Bank is easy to find. Visit fivestar.bank to connect with us today. That's the number five, S-T-A-R dot bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Now back to the show. Welcome back to this week's Small Scouts podcast. Uh, this week we've got Hark Harold here uh, talking to us more about the EOS uh, system and uh, from his company EOS Worldwide. And uh, he's an implementer there. So we are now walking through uh, one of the six key components of the EOS system. And we are working on people today. And Greg just asked me, how can we get Nate fired? So I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> on the, on air, on air, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I heard it still. Was, <laughs> your mic wasn't on mute. So. Oh man, uh, well, you know, you could give me a day off or two and just say stay home, go in the soup line. I've got three small children. You gotta worry about. I'll send them. I'll text pictures of them until my cell phone runs out. Jeez. <laughs> Suddenly got very bad. dark. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly got very dark. <laughs> okay, so Hark, we were we were chatting about people going through accountability chart, um, which you kind of talked about. You, you kind of focus on people on the leadership team up front. Their homework then in the next thirty days go back and try to do their team within reason, of course, um, down as low as they can um, to put everybody that's accountable because everybody's going to be accountable for something. Right. right. Otherwise, you don't need them in the organization if they're not accountable for anything. Exactly. <laughs> and you might find that, right? You uh, may yes. find, hey, what is what is Tommy doing? Oh, well, he, Tommy <laughs> is like the nephew of the CEO, so yeah, he's a, Tommy's he's fine. A, leave him alone. <laughs> he's a people person from right. office space. He's right? a marketing <laughs> guy. <laughs> Do you find do you find companies that have got those kind of issues though that you know they've got somebody that they're they're a friend of the of the boss they're you know a relative whatever the case may be you know there's lots of movies that have played up on that right. kind of role thing but do you actually find that in, in companies where it's an issue yeah it does happen and we and we also have what we call the owners box because sometimes you have owners involved too right who may or may not be involved in the daily running of the company and or they may be. And so what we say is, if you're an owner, we have a separate uh, area for you on the accountability chart. It's called the owner's box. And in the owner's box, you get to delineate like, hey, these things have to be run by me because this is an owner decision, right? An acquisition, right? I mean, right. something big, right? But not the day-to-day -day running of the business. Ideally not, right? I mean, right. You're the owner. Right. And so, and sometimes that owner is the founder and CEO and right, and and that's okay, but, but we are, we make sure they're very clear on when they're in the owner's box and when they're in the accountability chart and it working in the organization. Because sometimes the owner might be the best marketing person, not the best CEO. Right. Right. And so- In my field, it's usually the best engineer out there, yeah. but has no clue about business, right? Acumen, how, how do I run the business? Yeah, and so that's when we look at the GWC for those positions and go, do they really get it? Do they really want that? And do they have the capacity, the training to be able to do that? 
Or where are their God-given talents? Like, where do they naturally align? Let's do that. That's how they function at their unique abilities for the best <coughs> for themselves as well as the company. So there's the, the owner's box. And then family issues, yes, do arise, <laughs> right? Uh, which is, again, where we try to depersonalize it and say, listen, these are the accountabilities. Do you GWC this seat? Right. And let's make sure we're putting the best qualified person in that seat for the good of the company. Now, if they decide not to do that, in the end, it's their company and it's their call. Right. My job as a coach is to call it out and make them make that a conscious decision, not just accept it because that's the way it's been. I'm consciously deciding that I'm going to put this, that I'm going to keep my <coughs> wife's nephew in here right. because there are other ramifications outside of the company. Right, and then you have to be able to look in the eyes of the other employees and see what is that doing for your culture. Right. Right? So uh, working with, um, with with a marketing firm and you know the, the owner has always done exceptionally well to take care of his people. He's always leaned over backward to take care of the people. And he, but he keeps hitting the ceiling. And so he, he looked and said, you know, I need to be fair to the company and the organization and fair to the people still. But, but and, I, and I've read before, you know, one of the best ways to lose a good employee is to keep one that's not a good employee. Exactly. Because everybody else around them sees what's being tolerated. And typically the, the, the response from the others when that person is let go is, what took you so long? Yeah. We talk about the 36 hours of pain because that's what it is to fire somebody or to let somebody go or to help them move to an opportunity where they can truly excel, whatever euphemisms you want to use, yeah. yep. right? But, but it's that 36 hours of pain and you endure 72 days of pain <laughs> in the meantime and it's that 36 hours is not good, but in the end, everybody knows, to include that person most likely, knows that it wasn't for the best. Right. I'm sorry. I, you I gonna live? You gonna live? Your I'm eyes are watering, you're- I'm crying, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> okay, so 30, I've never heard of the 36 hours thing, but um, I agree with you, right? It's it's one of those tough calls, but sometimes you have to make that call to save the entire team. Yeah, I mean, and and at one point I was uh, brought onto a company, uh, it was a startup e company, because uh, they they're like, hey, we want to bring Hark in because we, we feel he's a great fit. We'll find a position, like something will emerge. Uh, you know, eighteen months later, what emerged <laughs> was I was unemployed. The because, prospect position. Right. And so, you know, because, you know, if we looked at the accountability chart, they didn't have a seat for me. And so that just didn't, didn't work out for the good of the organization. How long does it normally take for when you start laying that <coughs> stuff out, you know, for, for the leadership team, this kind of thing, for them to kind of do the old, yeah, okay, maybe he's right. Maybe we do need to do this. Yeah, typically, uh, again, we do that 90-minute meeting. They commit to engaging. And really, the first year is their learning. They're learning the tools. They're, they're tackling the bigger issues, the bigger right people, right seat issues. Right. And, and they're, they're starting to use the tools. About the one-year point, it really starts to click. And that's why we say at the two-year point is when m the average company will say, hey, great, thanks, Hark. You, you were here to help us implement EOS and we have implemented it. 
and that's great. We congratulate them. We do a graduation, and they're off and running their company because that's what they should be doing. What's the you're unemployed again. <laughs> <laughs> What's the quickest time you've had somebody implement? Uh, it's going to take a year to get it okay. to get it going, <coughs> just in order to truly appreciate it. Sure. So you handed us. We didn't go over this a lot. I mean, you were talking about the people analyzer has um, CV has GWC. So yeah. GWC is you know get it want it capacity. You handed us a get it want it capacity yeah. sheet. Um, that's just kind of some questions to walk through and help yeah. understand. Yeah. So the core values is that plus plus minus or minus. That's how you determine right people. Okay. Are they in the right seat is the GWC. Do they get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity? Okay. And get it is, you know, do they do they really understand it? They like you can see the light go on when you're talking about the job and they're like, Yeah, I nailed I that that, that is me. Um, they understand the ins and outs. And if they don't get it, that's okay. It's it's not meaning they're a bad person, it means that's not a fit for their for sure. them for that position. And then want it is like you know, not only those accountabilities, but to the ability to have that position just wakes them up. That's they love it. That is what they live for. Like they, they, this is exactly what they want to do um, when they get up in the morning. They do it if you didn't pay them, right? Yeah. And then uh, again, capacity is that you know knowledge and emotional uh, maturity or whatever to be able to do the job. So I, I've seen folks before that. Uh, especially when you're talking younger guys just getting in and they, they think they think uh, they have quite a bit of ability mm -hmm. and they may be lacking some experience and oh they want a lot of things you know they want the VP title you know or those kinds of things and you know the the whole slow down a little bit maybe you know you need a little more time uh, to to kind of come up through and, and understand a little bit better from an experiential point of view. Uh, have you seen those types of issues before as well? Yeah. And, and again, this is, you know, part of, part of what, again, the LMA, the leadership management and accountability is developing your people. So it's working with them, understanding where their growth opportunities are, what they need. Um, and when we do the accountability chart, uh, and when we start getting into how do we free up more time for the people? Cause again, you only have a hundred percent of it is we look at the accountabilities and go, uh, we have a tool called Delegate and Elevate, which is about what accountabilities, what things can you delegate to the people for growth for them, train them, enable them to take those things on so that you can elevate to your unique abilities and best ability to contribute to the organization. Um, yeah, and one of the things I, I forgot to mention on the accountability chart is when we're, we're going through and putting the names in the seats, right? You can only have one name in the seat, because if two people are accountable, nobody's accountable. So you can have only one name for each function. You can have somebody whose name is in two or more boxes. Now, that's not a good long-term answer, but in a growing company, sometimes that's what it is, right? Sometimes you have to do 300%. Yeah, you're and doing so, double duty. So now you can't, you can't do all of them at 100%, but we acknowledge it. Yeah, that's the way it looks and, on uh, on a schedule, right? Right, it, and it enables you to say, "Hey, okay, you know, uh, Chris is in these three seats. We need to these two is where he needs to be right now. We need to get him out of this seat. So how do we do that? Right? Somebody else picks it up. We we 
decide we do need to hire for that, you know, whatever. But it enables you to see it. It's, it's yeah. visually right there. And every quarter when we get together, we note, hey, Chris is in three seats. Are you guys going to fix that this quarter or not? Yeah. So, Greg, you, you had asked the question just now about what about that young guy or young, young lady trying to come in and, and wanting to make that big leap, but, you know, just they don't have the experience. Mark made a comment that I think all too often, at least in the, in the field that you and I work in, um, it could be, it doesn't have to be a young person either, right? Right. It could be that colonel, that 06 that's coming out of the military that's never had a a, a, a job in the real world, per se, right? I mean, they, right. right out of high school or right we, out of college. We, we prefer civilian community. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Sure, <laughs> civilian community. Uh, but they've never had that job, right? But I, how many times have you seen um, interviewed in 06, 05, whatever it may be? It, it could be anything, right? It could oh, yeah. be in 04. But think that they they want to come into a business role um, because they have the leadership in spades. Right. But they might not have that business acumen, nor they, may they have the civilian aptitude for of, of how, how it works. And, and, you know, just speaking from personal experience there, being a retired Army officer. I was trying to be nice. But. Yeah, thank you. Um, but, no, you do. You, you get these guys that come out of the military that have got a lot of good experience from a leadership perspective and this kind of thing. But it's military leadership experience, and you have to go back and then be able to adjust, you know, into, okay, how does the business community work? How does uh, – you know how do your how do your skill how does your skill set transition into how they, things are done in the business world, and they are not done the same way. No, uh, you probably will not fare well if you yell and scream at your subordinates in the civilian world. Well, we didn't yell and scream at our subordinates in the military. Hey, I've watched the movie Mr. Payne. It's <laughs> my experience. Well, you know, yeah, but but all I, the time, I, I do think that's you know the leadership is not necessarily that much different because it's about aligning people on a vision. Oh, 100%. Helping them, training them, teaching, coaching, which is the the LMA function that we talk about. But it is the the quote-unquote civilian acumen, right? And that's where in a position you may have somebody, they get it, like they understand it, right? Right. They want it. They just don't have the capacity from an experiential standpoint yet, but they're worth investing in, right? And we've seen that quite a bit, you know, as far as that goes. The the guy that comes in and he he understands leadership. He understands how to motivate folks. He understands how, how a team works and those kinds of things. We just need to put a slightly different spin on uh, on some of the approach and making sure that they understand, you know, when you're in the military, you're not doing it for a profit. And so there's a whole mm-hmm. different, the whole different business side of that, and what makes sense. Yeah, you know, absolutely. As far as that goes, well, we've had people though came in, try to help them out um, as as retired O sixes or retiring O sixes, you know, uh, through a couple of different programs, Seal Bridge or whatever else right. we've tried to help out. And I, I we had a logist, uh, a logistician, right? Yep. A loggy came out, and they're like, hey, you know. Help me teach. Help, help me teach what the civilian world is like. What is it like on the on the contractor side? Uh, what do you need me to do? So we gave him a task. And it was it was it was a meaning meaningful task to the customer, meaningless task to him, right? Because the task was go through the parts list, see what's obsolete, what's not, 
And the answer was, I'm not going to do that. That's what my 22-year-old daughter is doing. Okay, but this is this is the role, right? I mean, right. it's, it's exactly. what needs to get done right now. I'm not saying that you're going to do this forever, but it, what it, it, in the civilian world, sometimes you have to do it no matter what your rank is, right? Yeah. If you're the CEO yeah. of a small five, 10-person business, you might have to clean toilets. It's the way yeah. it, it happens. Yeah. So Clean the um, toilets, take out the trash. Yeah. Well, whatever it takes. Exactly. Yeah. Fill the and, fridge. Yeah. You know, and that's all about being, you know, a team player and, you know, leaders eat last. Uh, you know, it, it's it's from a, you know, servant leadership and lead by example, which is what you would hope they're coming out of the military with. Yeah. Right? And, and a lot of them do. But you, it's just like any, right? Anybody, you get all different types. So Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, anything else about people? No, I think we're good. Uh, you have some good. Well, the only thing I was going to say is, have you have you ever seen? Because another issue that I've I've been exposed to is the whole we're going to give you the responsibility to do this from your position, but we're not going to give you the authority to actually carry it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that happens, and again, I think that's another one of the true benefits with the accountability chart. Because, and, and again, this gets spread throughout the organization, but at the leadership team level becomes very clear on who's accountable for what. And it makes it easier to have those conversations like, hey, I'm the I'm head of sales. You said I was accountable for the revenue, and our goal is $12 million. We all, we all agreed, right? We went through the process. We agreed. I'm accountable. Now, if I'm going to be accountable. Accountable or responsible? If I'm accountable. Okay. I'm accountable. I need these authorities and this responsibility in order to do that. Right. If you're not going to let me have those authorities, then I'm not going to be held accountable. accountable. Right. Right. And so we have those discussions. And as an implementer, we talk one of our, uh, and and it really happens a lot in the the people uh, component, is to enter the danger. So my job as an implementer is. If, if I see, you know, Nate rolls his eyes, at your, is I call it out and say, Nate, it appears you have something you wanna, you wanna say about that. So we enter the danger, we don't let things lie. So, so we- Talk about it. So we'd yeah. have that discussion, I'd facilitate that discussion to go, is Jill accountable for this or not? Right. You all decide, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's your company. <laughs> but I just, but somebody needs to be accountable and you all need to agree Right. On who that is. In the case of, um, so I'm looking at the accountability chart right now. Let, you have a visionary name, integrator name, then you got operations, marketing, kind of, it's, it's an org chart. Or, viewed, it, it looks like an org chart, but it's an accountability chart because you have what their roles and functions are. Right. It, how would you, it may, this might differ from, from company to company, but would your top dog person have the capability or be accountable for, Hiring, firing everybody below him? No, that's part of LMA. So if if you have LMA, the leadership management and accountability, all of the HR things go under there. So hiring, firing, developing, you know, professional development, you know, training, whatever. You're accountable for those. Now you may not do it, but you're accountable for it, right? So and in hiring, we encourage because typically the visionary is also the chief culture person. Yes. Right? And so we encourage, and again, it's up to the organization, but to us it seems to make sense 
that you would have the visionary talk to somebody before you hire them and make sure they're a culture fit, to explain the culture and how it fits, and to explain to them that, you know what, this is our culture, these are our values. If you don't fit these, you're just you're not gonna be happy here. So right, let's yeah. don't try to change it because right. And, we are. And so so, you know, again, in the end, the accountable is who's gonna say that's the person I want to hire. We believe that should be the supervisor. Um, but you know, if somebody else needs to sign off on it, depending on the organization, uh, that's an internal thing. Okay, administrative. Right. I just didn't know if, cause I mean, in, in the case of this accountability chart, you could literally have <laughs> all your leadership is really, is maybe I'm using the wrong term, would be accountable for hiring and firing, right? Everybody below them, yeah. in their divisions or whatever. Yeah, and in the end, the integrator there is the person that is holds the other leadership team members accountable okay. and so is responsible for development for them is responsible for hiring firing rewarding the leadership team members and so the visionary and the integrator need to make sure they have that conversation and are in sync and alignment we call it a same page meeting we encourage them to have same page meetings weekly or bi-weekly whatever makes sense for them depending on their relationship and how how long they've been working together and all that because you want to make sure the visionary and the integrator are aligned and that they're not surprising one another in front of the rest of the leadership team. So, but the integrator in an EOS run company is the person making those decisions. In the end, they make that decision for okay. the leadership team. Cool. Well, I've Same. learned a lot. So have I. Um, I'll, I'll finish the book like this week, yeah. So. I've got a I've got a copy of the book now. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> and uh, so I can make my way through it as well. Okay. Well, I think next week we're going to data, data, then issues, then process, then traction. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I uh, appreciate uh, you coming all the way down again. Yeah. Um, I know the weather is uh, nice and gloomy, uh, but we need the rain, so bring it on. Um, and uh, with that, this is Joe Nate signing off. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. You've reached the end of another episode of the Smalls Cast podcast. Connect with us at thesmalls.org. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. See you at the next episode.